Welcome to Oak City Church, a family of learners, lovers, and givers sent. For more information, visit us online at oakcitychurch.com. Let us know if we can help you in any way. Thank you for listening. In light of uh, what's been going on um, around our country for the last few weeks, we're delaying the last uh, week of our series, The Art of Neighboring. Um, And yet, what we're going to talk about today is really right in the midst of the art of neighboring. You know, it's about being uh, a good neighbor to those around you. The story that the art of neighboring is set around is the parable of the Good Samaritan. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus makes the Good Samaritan the hero. And the Samaritans and the Jewish people that Jesus was talking to hated each other. The racism between those two groups of people was intense. And so when Jesus makes the Samaritan the hero of the story, he is, um, he is poking the bear. He is making a point with that. And so many other things about this series. I talked about time a few weeks ago, and Jesus was just, his life was one constant interruption, and, and he was interrupted for the needs of the people around you, that other, around him that other people weren't paying attention to. And so talking about what's been going on in our country um, the last few weeks is, is right in the middle of the Art of Neighboring series and has everything to do with loving your neighbor. What I'm going to do now is play a, a conversation that I had with Pastor Kel from Chosen Generation. And I called Kel early in the week just to see how he was doing and really appreciated some of the things that he said and, and really prayed about this and had conversations and had some anxi- angst about it over the week. And late, just asked him, hey, would you be willing to record that conversation via Zoom? Because I think it'd be really helpful for our church, giving him every opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not really comfortable doing that. But he was completely comfortable doing that. And um, and I think you'll find this really beneficial. So without further ado, me and Kel via Zoom. All right. Uh, well, hey, um, this, uh, I, again, I appreciate your time earlier this week and, and this afternoon and spending a few minutes talking to me. And as I said the other day, I, I hear from um, a lot of folks within Oak City, just asking uh, about you and about Chosen and, and about how everybody's doing. And so I want you to know and anybody from, from your church, the man up seeing this, um, that the folks of Oak City really care about you guys. We love you. Uh, we're concerned. We're for you. And, um, you know, any, any way we can, whatever we can do, we, you know, our, our folks are, our heart is with you. And so, um, I appreciate you, man. I want to start with this. I, I called you the other day and I asked, um, I think I was asking about leading your church and because for me, it was a real quandary what to say last Sunday morning in the midst of what happened Saturday night and I asked you like, Hey, what'd you say to your church? And you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure I said anything. And I thought about that all week because this isn't like big news to you. It's not something new to you. Right. Yeah. And, and I I will say first off too, um, we appreciate, appreciate you all and um, everything you've done in Oak City. We love you as well. Um, And we appreciate all the communication you've had. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this time. And no, we, we didn't, we didn't make any new comments or anything. Um, We just kept preaching the word of God and everything that we do, we want to make sure it's captured in, in, you know, that four letter word love. And so once we do that, and once we exhibit those characteristics of God, then we can, we can move forward. 
I had mentioned that um, I had seen a meme and I don't think it's, I don't think it was Will Smith's quote. Somebody told me it was some, someone else's quote, but he said, racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. And you didn't say that, but you had mentioned, um, you, you basically did say that. You said the same thing. Like this is just different because people have cameras now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, I, I was looking at um, an article that was published and it's actually a, uh, it's in print now. It was an article, and then it ended up being in a publication, talking about uh, systemic um, acts, uh, especially by police officers. And this was actually in Minneapolis. Um, this was published in Minneapolis, and this was maybe ten years ago. And um, so we're still dealing with some of the same issues. And one person asked me, "Had it gotten better?" Yes, I believe it's gotten better, but we're still not where we need to be yet. Um, yeah. And you said you, you actually you used to live right there or you used to work right there. Yeah. I worked, um, right across the street from all of this in uh, Minneapolis and I lived in St. Paul. And so, you know, I'm familiar with the, the, um, the breakdown, um, the population breakdown that it's over 90%, um, Caucasian in that area, probably about 1% African-American. Uh, 1% Hmong, and then they're Native Americans in that area as well, and Hispanics. So it's it's a it's a it's not really diverse, but you have a lot of a lot of people there, and a lot of things happen there. So I, I yeah, I'm familiar with that area. Um, wh why do you think it's such a big deal in this moment for our country? Well, I think it's a big deal because um, we. In, in light of some of the things that we've seen just recently, um, yes, it's more prevalent now because of the cameras. Everybody can see it. But I, as I said before to uh, numerous groups, it, it's a cause versus action thing. It's a cause versus action. And so even in that publication that I was telling you about, I was looking at it just um, before we got on, and it talked about how you can train police officers in diversity you can train them in proper tactics and and you can train them in valuing lives and how to deal with people of different cultures and so this has been going on for a while now but what we find is it's a cause versus action thing to me action is what we're normally focused on and we can't excuse the action but we can't stop at the action and try to try to correct the action and we don't look at the overall cause. Mm. When, we, when we were in the Be The Bridge workshops, um, that was one of the things that I valued the most because the action per se is just like with the child, a child that goes to school and the child has um, doesn't do homework, uh, they won't do their assignments, they won't do their chores, and they won't do anything, just sit around and wants to play video games. So as a parent, the first thing we want to do is we want to correct that action. We want to get them to a point where we're, so we, we may put them on restriction, we may punish them or whatever, and, and we can't excuse the action, but what's the real cause behind it? And so that's what we miss. Uh, we correct the action a lot of times, but we never corrected the true cause. Even trainees in the police academy, they go through about 640 hours of training, six months training, and in some places like New York and California, they go through even more. 
And so when they're going through this training, there's maybe a week of sensitivity training and diverse, uh, diversified training on how to deal with people. But then who says when a person even comes on board, uh, when you're doing an intake assessment, do we ask the pertinent questions of, of you know, vetting that person out prior to making them a police officer? So we've got to go back and we we're focused on the we're focused on the action, but we got to be more focused on the cause as well. Why why is it that this particular person feels this way? And if you can get at the root of the problem, maybe we can do a better job of moving forward. Yeah. Um, y- yeah. Well, yeah. I'll probably hit something you said earlier that comes back to that. You said there's a few questions. You said this over like a handful of times that there's a few questions you coach your people into. Right. Yeah. Especially I've been talking to young men, uh, young African-American men, and not only African-American men, but anyone, anybody that knows me know I have a lot of young people that hang around me. And we talk about these issues all the time. We talk about how to react and how to act and how to be respectful and, and how to value people no matter where they come from, no matter who they are and what they look like. Uh, from day one with Chosen, uh, I've always said, you're always going to deal with people that don't look like you. God's going to send people that don't act like you, that don't have the same um, culture. But it's, it's for you to be insensitive and not to value that person and not to look at that person as human and love them and and to cherish them and to have mercy and grace upon them it really it really speaks to your own character mm. so we we've talked we've talked on so many occasions how to deal with um an incident where you're dealing with an officer and knowing a little bit about that side of 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 the coin or that side of the equation when an officer walks up to you and approaches you it's it it could be one of two types of situations. Um, and normally it's the latter one. It's, it, it ends up um, going into something that you don't want it to be because the officer is making sure he or she makes it home that night and you're trying to make sure you make it home. So you don't want to escalate the situation. Um, you just want to be respectful. And then if things don't go the way that you think they, that they should go, then you have, other, um, you have other repercussions. You have other things that you can do. Yeah. Um, well, in, in terms of the, um, like what went on downtown and in mm-hmm. Raleigh this past weekend, you said that you, you tell your people, you got to ask, am I making things better or am I making things worse? Exactly. And, and those are the two questions that, um, now let me be perfectly clear when it comes to all this, all the looting, the violence, all this other stuff, um, you have to ask those two pertinent questions. Okay, whatever I'm doing, am I making it better? Am I, am I making it worse? And in and, and other terms, you've heard it say, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? And so you can't be both at the same time. You know, it, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And so the things that are happening that are negative and that are bringing a negative light on both sides um it's just not acceptable but then but then when you when you deal with those things um 
I've heard a lot, I've heard it on every side. It's like, okay, okay, what do we do? We're not getting where we should be. Um, there was a, a thought that was given to me by my mother years and years ago. It might not make sense to most, but it made, it finally made sense to me. She told me, she said, when I was learning how to drive, she said, what you do is you keep the car between the lines. She said, now you, you're going to perfect driving eventually. She said, but make sure you keep it in between the lines. And as you get better, you'll learn how to steer and you'll learn how to. And so what I'm saying is we've got to learn um, that it's not perfect, but we got to keep everything between the lines. You don't want to go out. It makes no sense to destroy things that that taken so long to build up. We, you have momentum. Yes, you're going to have roadblocks. You're going to have stumbling blocks. Um, but but. But for you to destroy businesses and bad people doing bad things, I can't go along with that. But we have to keep it in between the lines. Is it perfect? No. Have we made progress? Yes. And so that that that's what I, I focus on. Let's keep it in between the lines and move forward until we perfect this thing. And will we perfect it in my lifetime? I don't know. But we've got to keep pushing forward. We have to we have to progress instead of recess. Yeah, we talked about that. And I mentioned a video that that's like the thing that I've seen this week that probably affected me the most was the the video with the 46 year old and the 31 year old and the 16 year old all African American guys in the midst of this super intense situation. And the 46 year old saying, man, we've done this before and it hasn't worked and 31 year old saying I get it but and then telling the 16 year old you got to find a better way. And, right. um, and and like what I've heard what you're saying so many times, I heard Tony Dungy on national radio on Golik and Wingo at the end of his interview cited Romans saying, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, which I was like, you go, Tony, putting Jesus on Golik and Wingo. It's great <laughs> and true, you know, um, but I, I thought coming out of our conversations, I, I thought of that maybe I, I don't, like I can understand the, the, people throwing stuff and because of, when you feel like you're not being heard um sometimes you throw stuff or you you know you get you just your anger comes out um but you don't, you just don't have time for that really and but you must have people that make that case to you you know what do you yeah. tell people that say hey we've done this before and it hasn't it's not working well the thing that you tell them is uh just what i said a few minutes ago you 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 do you see progression okay what what you're what you're promoting or what you're saying that we should do is it making it better or is it making it worse so if i take one aspect of it let's say looting a, a, um, a family dollar okay how does that make it better how does that push forward uh your agenda your cause it doesn't but if you're sitting down having a conversation saying this is why i'm hurting this is why my community feels this way and you're talking to people um, that the policymakers and the decision makers, and you're talking to the people that's going to, you know, actually make this change. Is it going to is it going to happen overnight? No, um, because a lot of things are have been systemic over time, and and it's not going to it's not going to change overnight. But are we progressing? If we're progressing and going forward, then then that's the thing that we need to focus on. Um, and and with law enforcement, as I said before, um, there was an article said, let's put the sense back in sensitivity training. 
And so that's what we've got to do. Don't just take 640 hours of training and just because it's on the curriculum to talk about um, diverse, uh, how to act with a diverse crowd, we just skim through that and think that everybody has it. No, you, you, you have to make sure that you're absolutely making that change and throwing bottles and assaulting officers and destroying things that's going to take months, maybe years of ever to build back up is not helping the cause. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, I mentioned this to you yesterday, that one of the pastors that I listened to, who pastors of Presbyterian Church, which we're now right down the street from both of us, um, he just told his church, I know y'all want to know what to do right now, but like, this is a 400-year problem. <laughs> like, it's not a new problem, and the solutions aren't that easy, and like, it's going to take time, and, and, and the thing that you said the most is meaningful conversations, and Mm -hmm. meaningful relationships are are the biggest way that this is going to change yeah because see when when i keep going back to keeping it in between the lines because see i can't listen to your conversation when you're yelling at me i can't listen to your conversation when you're burning down the business that's been up for 20 years or i can't listen to you when you're stealing tvs uh, from department stores. I can't, I can't hear anything you're saying because I can't get past the act that you're doing now. And, 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 and what's happening is just what I said before, we're reacting to the action. And that's what we're focused on. We're focused on this, this act that was egregious and it was absolutely horrendous to play out on social media and some of the other things that have happened. But what I went back to um, the other day was, what if there was no video camera? what if there was no nobody that was an eyewitness this 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 police officer has had 18 um, violations already of excessive force and those were 18 the key word there was um i believe they said 18 um uh, documented instances of violence well the key word to me was documented what about the undocumented ones what about and if we were to say okay maybe he had let's say half of 18, you know, which is nine, then we would have close to 30 instances where this person said that, okay, this, so when you have all these documented, when you have these, these instances where this person has used excessive force in his mind, his mindset is that, okay, why are you upset? This is what I've been doing all the time. And so there's there's some kind of breakdown in the system that allows people to believe that all life is not value. Uh, not only black lives matter, but all lives matter. And we've got to get back to that point where we value everyone. Yeah, we talked the other day, he certainly didn't look troubled or like he might be, like there might be anything wrong uh, when just the images that we've seen of him and that that may well be because he's got 19 complaints against him and nothing has really happened. And, and you, so you did, you talked about, um, there's the two things I got of our conversation, the meaningful conversations, but then you did talk about systems that you, so you were in, I know you were in the military for a long time. Were you in law enforcement in the military or outside the military? Yeah, for, uh, for a short amount of time in the military. And so, and we go through the, some of the same types of training um, that they go through as well. Um, but see, we always understand that once you don't correct the problem, you create a new standard. And so when the officer looks at this situation, he didn't look troubled or he didn't look 
um, dismayed because, okay, why are you upset with me? I've done this, you know, more than more than one occasion. And so now what has happened is it's been a new standard created. And what we have to do is we have to go back and uh, we have to look at the standard that was created. You know, it's like that, 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 that old adage where if you throw a piece of paper on the floor and you, everybody walks past it and nobody picks it up, then you've really created a new standard. It's like, it's okay to throw paper on the floor. And so, uh, but then somebody comes back again, cause versus action. They said, why did you throw the paper on the floor? You know, let's get to the root of the problem. So that's what we have to do. We have to try to get to the root of the problem with meaningful conversation, not yelling at people, not throwing stuff, but sitting down and having a conversation, just like some of the people that were protesting down there, they asked for the governor to come out and say, can we just have a conversation? It's easier to talk. It's more difficult when, 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 um, when our, our voices begin to raise and we begin to get upset. Yeah. Hey, you had mentioned first Peter four the other day, and I really can't remember what I just, I had that in my notes, but I didn't have the context of why you mentioned that, but it was about judgment starting in the church. And right. So first Peter four and 17, um, talks about, um, judgment must first begin at the house of God. And the reason why I said that was because I believe that God is really looking at us and, and God is judging us through COVID-19 through all this, the things that we're going through now. Um, and he's judging us. And when you think about judgment, judgment in the Bible was talking about a severe trial to determine our character. And so through all of this, God is really looking at the church and seeing how we're, what we're going to say, what we're going to do, and how we're going to react and encourage others. And so it's very difficult for us to react the right way when we're the ones out there doing things that are ungodly. And so God is looking at us and he's judging us um, and judging our responses. So because the Christians, the response of a Christian, you have to always be mindful of your character, your conduct, and your confession. And so, again, is what I'm doing, is this thing that I'm doing, is it bringing glory to God in what I'm doing? Is it moving things forward? Because we sometimes tend to forget the spiritual piece of it. And uh, we don't want to forget that. God says judgment is beginning with us because we should know yeah. how to act and respond. We should know, even through the most difficult times as a Christian, I'm still commanded to love. It's not, it's not a, it's not a request. It's a command. I'm commanded to love people in spite of what I go through, in spite of what I deal with, um, God commands us to love. And so that's why I talked uh, mainly about first Peter four and 17. And it really begins up in verse seven, where it talks about how uh, the difficult times that we're going to face. And we're facing a lot of them right now. Yeah, and I will um, use that to um, just reiterate what what I've said. We've talked about and what I've said to our church before. The the church is the is the right place for this conversation to happen because of the Bible and the gospel. Because the Bible says that you know, in the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. Like He He created us in His image, and everyone carries around with them inherent dignity because we're all created in the image of God and equal value and um, and so we look at all people like that and yet all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, um, and so 
like we're going to screw things up. And God so loved the world and the, the, the ethnos, the nations, every one of them, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And then called us to love others the way I've loved you, <laughs> which is, is picks up on what you're saying. Like, this is what he expects of us as the church, is that we live out the gospel, and particularly in this context. And I think he's, you know, he gives us what we need to, to do that well. Yeah, and he said, all men will know that you're my disciple by one key word. You know, they'll know that you're a disciple or a representative of me, and you have discipline, you know, in the things of God by your love. And that's it. Everything else uh, is kind of encapsulated in that. Yeah. Well, man, I, uh, I again, I appreciate this. Our, um, like, I was excited that you, it looked like you were going to not be at the VA just because you'd have more time and I could bug you about having breakfast more often. And now our breakfast place has gone out of business. And so we got to find a different place to have breakfast. <laughs> um, but I miss hanging out with you. I've said um, to you and to a few people at this, at this time, man, I'd love for, we tried to do some stuff around Easter that got canceled because of COVID and would love to get together and pray together and worship together. Um, and so hopefully in the next few months we can find a way to do that. But uh, I'd love to, if we pray for each other, um, you know, before we sign off here. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be good. Well, I will, uh, I'll start and then mm -hmm. finish up. Father, I'm thankful for um, Cal and I'm thankful for um, the, his, for getting to know him over the past few years and for uh, the way that you've used him in uh, so many ways, Lord, for your hand being upon him. And I pray for your blessing upon his family and your blessing upon his ministry and your blessing upon uh, his personal health, Lord. I thank you for um, his willingness to, to just open up and talk uh, during this time. And that that's, I mean, I, I can tell he sees that as part of, you know, what, what is, as a, as a minister called to God, this is part of his mission. And, so we're thankful that we have the chance to, over the past few years, establish this friendship with Chosen. And um, God, we pray your blessing on that and pray that you would give us vision um, for what, what that could be and is supposed to be. And I pray, Lord, that you would um, give all of us uh, uh, understanding. Um, I pray that you would help us to seek out and be a part of meaningful conversations where we're really trying to understand um, cause and action like what's underneath it and you know there's some soul searching in that and some some conversation and some deeper understanding of the word in that and god pray that uh, we would be working that out and that we would um, display the fruits of the spirit uh, in our individual lives and in our church um, and that people would look at us and they'd you know see peace, love, and joy, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and all those things, Lord, gentleness, self-control, all those things, and that you would get glory out of our response to what's going on in our culture right now. Lord, I pray right now that you would continue to keep us safe in your care, God. We thank you for Oak City. We thank you for Pastor Jeff, God. We thank you that you're keeping them and God, you're blessing them every day and you're elevating them in everything that you do.
God, we thank you for an understanding, God, and we thank you for a conversation, a conversation that starts, God, with love. God, we pray right now that you'll begin to keep their hearts and minds stayed on you. And God, that in the midst of everything that we're going through, that the church would stay together, God, the church would stay cohesive, God, the church would stay focused on you. We appreciate you for the individual blessings in our homes. We appreciate you for the blessings in the church. We thank you, God, that you're, you're, you're judging us, but God, you're, you're judging us in such a way that we're going to come out on top. We thank you for testing us, God. We thank you for trying us. Anything, God, that you've given us in this life that's worth having is worth being tested. Even now as our faith is being tested, help us to be able to pass this test, God. Help us to be able to come out on victory side. It's, it's a fact, God, that we love you and everything within us wants to be pleasing in your sight, God. We want to we walk in, in, in faith in you, God. We want to talk in faith in you. Now, God, even when we don't understand, even when we don't know what you're doing, God, help us to be able to focus on the path that you have for us. Help us to walk in the vision that you have for us, God. We understand that vision is 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 foresight with hindsight uh, based on hindsight god and we thank you right now as you're pushing us forward or propelling us forward that we'll continue to keep you in the forefront of our mind and stay trusted in you in jesus name we pray amen amen thanks man oh thank you i appreciate you man we love you Well, I hope that was uh, beneficial to you. I have just a few comments that I want to make um, to follow up on that. One is part of my hesitation was with, with having a conversation with Cal and posting that as a part of this message is that I, I, um, I don't want to let you off the hook. So Cal and I, I, I think are more than just pastors that, um, that have churches that are across the parking lot that have partnered together over the years. But we shared a lot of meals together. We've gotten to know about each other's lives, and I consider Cal a friend. And so when I called him earlier this week, a lot of that was just to see how he was doing. Uh, if you haven't been able to have a conversation, if you don't have a friend that, that you're close enough with who's African-American that you can have a conversation this week to say, man, how, is, how are you doing in all this? What do you think about all this? And, and to just as a friend talk about that, that's, that's probably part of the problem. Like that's that's... That's not good, you know? And so that could be a lot of reasons that that's the case, but if that's the case, then that's part of the question that we gotta start asking ourselves. And it could be that um, you live in a neighborhood that's not very diverse, but then you'd have to ask, why do I live in? I, I remember looking at houses years ago and realizing I had an implicit assumption that neighborhoods were either white or they were black. And, and it kind of blew me away and I started asking a lot of questions about that. It may be your workplace, it may be your kid's school, whatever it is. Um, but, but you should dig into that and, and ask questions. And I am really curious to hear about conversations that you have had with friends this week and how those have gone. And so if, if this has spurred thought, and uh, I would love to hear it. You can give me a call. You could shoot a little video. You could Marco Polo me. Got a Marco Polo. So uh, let me know how that's gone for you. Here's another thought. I mentioned this in the interview that I listened to a pastor this week talking about how this is a 400-year problem, and he was responding 
to people in his church that had been like, what are we going to do? And he's like, this is, this is not going to go away overnight. It's a 400-year problem. And if this hasn't been urgent until this point, well, that's good. We should have an urgency about it. But we should have had an urgency about it before what's happened in the past few weeks and months. That pastor used this passage from Matthew 3. Uh, he said, when Jesus saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And he said, the issue at the core of this is repentance. And I hope God is challenging all of us in areas where we need to repent in this moment and then to bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. But bearing fruit is a process that takes um, a lot of time. And so we're not going to do something this week that ends the problem forever. <laughs> you know, we're, we can take steps. And I think, was it a rally yesterday? I think this is an opportunity for us as a nation to take another step forward uh, in this. And we need to take that step. Um, but this isn't, it's not going to go away. And I think one of the biggest decisions that you need to make is that the tension surrounding this isn't going to just go away for you in a few weeks, because I fear that's what we want, is just to be able to do something to make us feel better so it can go away. It's not going to. It's like the coronavirus. We have, we have now become the people that are going to wear masks forever. I'm probably not going to forever, but like we're going to. It's, the coronavirus has changed our culture for a long time, and there's going to be tension around that. And that's how um, we, I mean, we just need to, to embrace this tension, and that's part of it. And so that may be the step uh, that, that you need to take. I, I don't know what, what it is for you. It's, it's different for everybody what the next step is. It may be, um, you know, that, that you need to take steps to educate yourself. And I put out a few, there's some great studies in Right Now Media regarding this issue from some great pastors and leaders uh, that you can engage as a, a, a person, an individual, a family, or a home group. Um, there are books, you know, that um, Hannah has mentioned who's playing the keys today, some um, books that she's used with her school that would be great to use with your kids. Uh, some, a couple of people have mentioned watching Just Mercy. I read that book a few years ago it, as a family, just ways to, to become more aware. There are conversations that need to be had, part of the Be the Bridge conversations that, I, that were impactful for me as folks from Chosen just saying, you know, what helps the most is just hearing that you care, just that you listen and hear and for me, I thought the things that we were listening to were like sacred things from them. And those were, were great moments, and we need to seek those out in our own lives. There is an element of using our voice uh, just to, to, to let the people around us know that this is a concern for us and that we feel like it's a problem that needs to be addressed. I heard one, one woman this week talk about how this is a white person's problem that needs to be fixed by white people. And in, in a lot of ways, I think she's right. Uh, and, and then act, and that's harder, and figuring out what that means. Like, people talk about changing laws. Well, we gotta, people got to get specific with what those are and how we bring about change, but we have to seek that out. I'm going to finish with a little bit of reserve in this with a quote. I listened to an interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I am positive I'm not going to agree with everything that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has ever said, so it's okay. We don't need to agree with everything that anybody's ever said. But his dad was a New York City police officer, so he has sympathy and empathy 
um, for folks that are doing law enforcement and, and think some of them do a great job. But he said he was at a, at a protest and he saw a sign that said, not all blacks are criminals, not all whites are racist, and not all cops are bad. And he said, if we can understand those facts and react sensibly and come together as a nation, we're going to do something incredible on the heels of all this. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that we'll have another coming together. And I think that's what we should all be hoping for. Lord, I pray, I'm thankful for the ways that you have led us in this over the past few years, God, and the way that the folks of Oak City Church have responded to that. I know there are ways individually that uh, we need to repent and we need to respond to you and we need to be challenged. And I pray that we would be open to whatever that is for us individually, God. And we pray um, that you would be, bring a peace to our, our, um, our city and to our nation that can only th come through Christ, Lord. It can only come through the gospel. And we pray that this would be an avenue uh, for people to come to you and to seek you and to find answers in you. And we love you and we pray this in the name of Jesus.